You're listening to Focus on the Bible. When I was in middle school, my best friend and I decided we'd go out for football. The problem was we were two weeks late, and the two main coaches were from the other middle school in the county. The two teams would be combined for athletics, and they didn't even know our names. But I could run pretty fast and hit pretty hard and feared nothing in those days. And on the second or third day of practice, that coach came over to me and took me by the face mask, lifted me up and said, what's your name, son? When I told him my name, he said, well, you're going to start for me. So I was all glad, despite the fact there wasn't much team unity at all and practices weren't very fun because none of those guys were my friends, with the exception of one or two. And then came our big practice the night before the first game. They took us to the high school football field. And we had that practice, and my coach came over to me on a missed assignment and cursed at me over not making a play that I really had no idea at all that I was supposed to cover that area of the field that he called the flat. Well, I don't know why they called it the flat, and I wasn't sure why I had messed up on that play, but I knew one thing. It's not fun to be cussed at when you had no idea what you were supposed to do. That's called accountability without teaching, and that's not right. That's judgment without first giving instruction. And I knew it was all wrong, and I went home that night and had a talk with my daddy. And for the first time in my life, I asked his permission to quit something that I had started. Do you know to this day, friend, I don't regret the decision I made? I just couldn't have a respect for coaches who treated me that way. The Bible is clear that God is the judge of the living and the dead. Make no mistake, one day God is going to bring that judgment to people. Does God give His teaching and His instruction before He will call for accountability and judgment? Let's talk about this. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible is very clear about the fact that God is upset about something. I'll read the verse. You tell me, what do you think is God mad about? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And so it's clear that God's wrath over man is not really about a particular sin that you might expect. You might expect God to say something about using drugs or alcohol. But no, it's not that. It's not about lying. It's not about stealing. According to Romans 1.18, what God is really upset about is that He has revealed truth. And man has held that truth in unrighteousness. In other words, man does not respect that truth that God has revealed. And that's why God is upset. Verse 19 and 20 goes into more detail about what God has taught man about himself. Here we go. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. 
For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So he says here that man is without excuse. Man will not be able to plead ignorance before God. God, you never told me that. No, because God did tell us that, didn't he? And we need to see these two things that stand out, two ways that God revealed himself to us. Number one, our conscience, and number two, God's creation. Inside every one of us, this conscience, this conscience, is where God reveals himself, and he does it to every child. You know that feeling deep down inside you when you're a child and you've done something wrong? Well, that's your conscience speaking to you, and that conscience is planted in every person by God. Now, after a while, a person can have a seared conscience. That is, you've cauterized the conscience. You've burned over the conscience. You, you have rendered the nerves in that conscience that are supposed to detect activity. You've rendered them neutral, and they no longer feel that the thing is wrong. But make no mistake about it. God has revealed his truth in the conscience of people. And it says here that he's made himself known in his creation. You see, not everyone can read. Not everyone even has a Bible to this day in their knowledge. We need to be busy about that, don't we? But there's no one in the world that hasn't had the revelation of God made known to them in the creation of God. Everyone knows the sun is there. That burning ball of hydrogen 93 million miles away makes itself known every day. And the moon that goes across our sky in the night, phenomenologically speaking, like the Bible does, we see the moon going across our sky. And we should know that moon is not there by itself. That moon has a maker. That sun had to have a creator. And so man naturally knows these things in his conscience and in his creation. Now, let's be honest. Some people say, and some book writers write today, that unsaved people have a total disconnect with God. They tell us, or they write to us that an unsaved person can't really make an analysis of God. They can't really think about spiritual things. They can't, they can't do anything towards God. They can't even believe in God. This is what they actually tell us, that in order for any of those unsaved people to actually be saved, it'll be because God sort of zaps them with faith. God makes them believe. This is what they say. I'm telling you, friend, Calvinism has some of the most absurd ideas that I have seen. The idea that God has not revealed himself to people is a philosophy, but it's not a doctrinal truth from the Bible. And since we at Focus on the Bible really care about the Bible, we can't let that fly. 
The Bible is, is clear and redundant here that God has made himself known to people and that people can understand the message God is communicating. I want to read these two verses again, 19 and 20. And be your own judge about this. Tell me, do these verses say that man is ignorant and can know nothing about God because God hasn't revealed himself to man because man is essentially as dumb as a rock towards God? Or are these verses about God showing man the truth? Here we go. Listen for these words. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So if man doesn't know the truth about God, it's certainly not God's fault because God told man the truth. The problem is that a part of man has disrespected and rejected God's truth. That's our problem. Here it says in verse 21 to 23, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Historically, man who knew the truth about the real God rejected that truth and made himself totem poles and other such creations that they could worship like that golden calf made by Aaron and the children of Israel. How unnecessary and ridiculous. In the next few verses, the pattern is shown about what happens when man rejects God and what God does towards man. It's simply this, that man rejects what God says. Man rejects what is naturally known to him. And then God allows darkness to take that man where the man really wants to go. Here we go. The Bible says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Here comes the pattern, verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. Vile affections. It means evil love. That's what it means, vile affection. And man comes to this because he changed God's truth into what's not true. It's called a lie here. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. So there's the pattern that God makes himself known. He gives his truth. He shows people the way things ought to be with God. 
But man rejects that truth and God gives the man up. He, he allows the man to go where he wants to go. But unfortunately, where man is going is into a dark place. And the recompense, that means judgment of God, is fitting, it says here. It's fitting. It's a fitting judgment that the man is headed for. And then verse 29 it's very clear that because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And man devolves then into a world that's ungodly, that is a world awaiting its judgment from God. He says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So in the end of man's rejection, the only thing that gives him pleasure is the sin that he does in the face of God. Friend, there is a way out of that kind of judgment where that part of the world that rejects God is headed for. The answer that the whole wide world needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God revealed himself. Man rejected it. Man has lived out that man is a sinner. Man deserves judgment from God, but God is so patient and so kind, so full of love for man. The Bible says that God so loved the world, that is, he loved it like this, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. It's the most famous verse in the Bible. It's still true today. But salvation will always be available. But by believing in Jesus Christ, we have the gift of God, everlasting life. That would put a person into the family of God that would give the person the spiritual blessing of everlasting life, a brand new future, and a home in heaven at the end. God is good, though man is bad. But make no mistake, friend, God is making himself known today, and man is without excuse. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.